This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind by dialing in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Bring up whatever you want. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Sam. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you the features for free at freetalklive.com. So enjoy all those on us. We'll start right into your phone calls, and then some pretty outrageous... (laughs) <laughs> we got stuff breaking here in the studio all over the place. Uh, then we'll we'll have some pretty outrageous uh, some news out of uh, the, the Bank of America situation. It's it's crazy. We'll get to that here in, uh, in a moment. But first, to Jason in Oregon. Jason, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello there. Hi. Hey, what's on I'm, your mind? Uh, I'm, a- I'm actually glad Sam's there tonight. I think he'll find this very interesting. But earlier in the week, you had the lady call in about the long-distance healer somewhere in Great Britain. Um uh, where you dial, I don't know, they, they, he cures uh, burns over the phone. And Guard had said, you know, he, he'd like, he, he would have appreciated more if she had presented the story as simply like, this is an amazing thing. You know, he does it for free. Take a look at this. And I have a similar story, um, which I think is amazing, that will really intrigue, that, intrigue you. And it's a great testament to the power of positive thinking on a massive scale. Okay. Um, ever, uh, there's a lady in India that many call a saint who I've been seeing, I visit when she travels to America since I was a little kid. And her name's Amaji or Amritanandamayi. Amaji, um, is, uh, translates to mother. And what she, she's, she's been covered in media, uh, major media organizations, uh, you know, around the world, uh, for decades now. And she hugs people. She will literally sit. I've heard in of her. Lo- I'm sorry. I'm sorry to interrupt. I have heard of her. Uh, go ahead and tell me, tell our listeners more about what she does. Go ahead. Yeah. So, like, especially in countries like India, um, anyone can see her for free. Um, but especially in countries like India with huge populations, she will literally sit and hug and individually bless tens of thousands of people without moving um, from her seat for and for more than 24 hours, sometimes multiple days, um, and. I consider myself a, a quite a skeptic, a very reasonable person. Um, having been raised in an environment um, with this lady, I, I, the, the things I've uh, not that I believe in uh, healing per se, but the amazing the amazing energy surrounding her is just is just uh, mind boggling. And the fact that all her money that she earns, all the profit that she earns from her. Uh, from her work internationally, all goes towards humanity, human, humanitarian aid around the world. She builds colleges, schools, women's centers, hospitals in India. She helps with disaster relief in every area of the world. And uh, it's just a fascinating story, which makes me think about, you know, when I hear the lady calling about the long-distance healing, well, I don't know if there's any credence to her story. I, I definitely have experience of, the, of that power of positive, positive thought. So for you, you would say you describe uh, what surrounds her as a, as a, a positive energy. Yeah, well, for the, it's it's Hindu based, and um, I don't prescribe to Hinduism um, really necessarily. But what she, what what they claim, what her devotees claim, is that during she embod she embodies. Um, a divine being or like not really a divine being but a, a divine energy um, when she does these things which I'm not so sure I buy but the I know dozens and dozens if not hundreds of people who have been profoundly affected by her um, 
and it, you know, have changed their life for the better. Um, not to mention people who claim they've been healed by her. Yeah, and the same was true for Edgar Casey. And apparently, there's a guy in, uh, I think, the Philippines who apparently can put his hand inside people's body and slosh around and pull stuff out. Yeah, that's a big yeah, scam. Yeah, I've heard about that guy, too. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, at a Penn & Teller uh, show how that, that particular scam is done. It's, it's basically a magic trick. Yeah. Ah, uh, okay. Um, and, and Casey's uh, interesting case. Johnson was sending me some, inter- um, some stuff about him. Not to say that just because somebody's wrong means they can't be right in other ways, mm-hmm. but he made all kinds of silly predictions about how Atlantis was going to rise again and, uh, and stuff like that. Yeah, and, now one of his... One of his backers. She's pretty, she's pretty down to earth, um, which is why I can get behind her, even not a real spiritual or religious person, um, and why even now I still go out of my way to see her when I have a chance. Um, so she comes States. to the United States. Yeah, she does. She does a world tour every single year, and when it, wherever she goes, you can go see her for free. She has free public nights. She also does. You can you can you can uh, attend like weekend courses where they do meditation, and you know basically kind of Eastern meditation practices and yoga and stuff. And, and you pay for that, knowing that all the money goes towards humanitarian efforts. Kind of sort of a program for rich Westerners uh, when she's when she's in you know third world uh, mm-hmm. kind of. Further out countries, China and India, those programs uh, aren't necessarily how she runs things. But uh, anyone can see her for free, and she travels around the world every year. And you just basically uh, – people stand in line for an opportunity to hug her, right? I mean, that's pretty much yeah, it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like nothing you've ever seen. Like, it's really – it's really amazing. I, I think a, a hug can go a long way for people, and I think it's kind of a testament to how uh, maybe hug-deprived people are. Like they're not getting enough hugs in their uh, their personal life, so they have to go and see. What was her name again? Uh, her, you could call her Ama or Amachi for short, which basically Ama. just means mother. Um, okay. But her longer name is Amritanandamai. And you know, there's claims that when she was a child, she turned she turned water to milk and all this stuff. And and you know, the kind of devout Hindus who follow her had. Have uh, you know uh, all these claims about her her divine origin, which you know again I I don't necessarily buy. I just think maybe like Edward Casey, she just has sort of this intense personal energy that you know that that draws people to her, and she uses it for good. Thanks for sharing that with us. Is there anything else you want to talk about? Uh, no, not really. Just keep up the good work uh, about uh, keeping positive energy alive and uh, collectively speak. Uh, uh, down. Thank well, you for the call, Jason. Don't worry, Jason. They'll be calling you a quack on the uh, the BBS tonight. <laughs> yes, they will. <laughs> <laughs> Toll free numbers eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. That is. I the... never realized I was such an insane boob until I read the BBS. Well, they're all so much more rational and uh, and logical than uh, yeah. than we are. And they spend a lot of time there. Toll-free numbers 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. There's a lot of grousing that goes on there about how Free Talk Live is uh, eschewing science. Uh, You you guys don't care about science and uh, da-da-da-da-da. And that's not true. I I have an appreciation for science. It's just that I think that some in science, not all, I don't want to group everybody together, uh, but some scientists are, you know, easily swayed by grant money and things like that, and I don't think they're all holy, you know? <laughs> Can I jump into an analogy yeah. about that? Meg came up with this one, and it, it kind of explains the difference. Science uses the the tools of the powers of observations, things that it can measure and repeat in order to uh, come up with a hypothesis. 
uh, hypothesis. Thank you, and test it, and then see what the results are. Well, they're they're using the powers that we have of perception. So take that back a level and and think of a 2D world that exists on a say a piece of paper. Mm-hmm. If I were to take a pencil and stick it in the middle of the piece of paper, how would the entities in the 2D world describe the pencil? They uh, they wouldn't be able to really describe it except for some sort of line that appeared, right? I mean, yeah, would... some sort of blob. But yeah. it doesn't mean that the pencil doesn't exist. It just means that they're not comprehending or understanding what it is that's happened to them. Yeah. So I think there are a lot of things that you know may exist beyond what we can perceive, what we understand at this point. That science sit there sits there and tries to explain, just like the the characters trying to explain the pencil, only seeing the right. tip of it. I think it's the same thing, and and with time we'll we'll gain greater understanding of how the the universe works. That's an excellent analogy. I I, I don't know about the old uh, the whole spiritual world thing. Part part of me, the the skeptic in me, says, you know, show me, show me this, uh, you know, whatever it is, this this god, this supernatural force, this ability to, uh, you know, to draw water out of the ground or turn, uh, you know, whatever it is, show me. The other half of me says. You know, I I feel empowered by a you know a certain set of belief systems. If uh you know, and I, I'm not I don't know whether it's a religion that I have, or whether it's uh, just a belief in in positive thinking or or what it is. But I know that my life became better when I began to actively attempt to look at things from an empowered and positive standpoint. Let's come back and talk more about that empowerment and uh, belief and uh, science. 800-259-9231. We'd love to have your thoughts as well at 800-259-9231. Or bring up whatever's on your mind. You can take control of the airwaves. That's why we call it Free Talk Live. 1-800-259-9231. Have you been thinking about starting a website? I'm going to tell you about a great offer from HostGator. HostGator is a worldwide leader for web hosting, and they make it easy to get your own .com domain name. You create your very own website with their free site builder tools and templates. Use the coupon code FTL, that's FTL is in Free Talk Live, and sign up at HostGator.com to receive your first month completely free. Whether you want a personal blog or a complete e-commerce business website, let the experts at HostGator.com host you. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves if you dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Sam. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are free on the site, so enjoy those, including the bulletin board system. You can get interactive with all kinds of different people, uh, and it's all free over at bbs.freetalklive.com. There are over 500,000 posts for you to search through. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. You want to get great deals on gold and silver? You want to make it easy? Go to gold.freetalklive.com, and you'll find some selections, uh, because there's a lot of gold and silver out there. It can be hard to to figure out what it is you might want to be purchasing. Right. It, 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 it's a deep rabbit hole when it comes to gold and silver. Excuse me, is that an MS-30 mercury silver dime at uh, in 1913? 
I, I, I don't know. None of yeah. these none of these coins are in, really intended for collector's purposes. They're intended for the gold and silver that's uh, that's in in them, and that's the reason you would buy them. And the prices are right. Plus, when you buy through gold.freetalklive.com, Free Talk Live will benefit, and the uh, the network that we're on, the Genesis Communications Network, that helps get us on over sixty radio stations around the country, will also benefit because uh, they own uh, or Midas Resources owns GCN. So you're buying that it's you're getting the gold and silver you're looking for at uh, at a great deal. And and we're benefiting as well. So everybody wins. Uh, gold.freetalklive.com. In fact, uh, board operator, I think there's a mic open and uh, on your side in the studio or something like that. I hear some audio there. Just as a heads up. We're going to continue and take your phone calls. Uh, you're welcome to comment on all things religious uh, or whatever you want, science, etc. Mike is on the line or anything else. Uh, Mike in Georgia, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello there. Mike, Georgia, you are on the air. Going once. Mike in Georgia, going twice. He's gone. Let's try Enemy of the State in Michigan. You are on Free Talk Live. Hello, Enemy of the State. Good evening, gentlemen. What's on your mind tonight? Uh, I was calling to uh, catch up on last week. I'm a little bit behind on the podcast catching up, but um, the concept of rights. And um, Kurt from Michigan gave you a call last week that was an excellent call where he, I'm going to try to update a little bit here, he um he challenged the idea that do you do you feel love, and then he said prove it, right? Because the idea is that generally the meme on the show lately has been rights don't exist because they're not something tangible. Mm-hmm. Okay, are you with me? Yeah. Okay, uh, Kurt did a really good job there. Um, he left it a little bit short. I'd like to pick up on that a little bit and. Uh, and kind of point out the idea that, well, there's a there's an excellent article that I think would clear up a lot of the confusion here. It's it's written by Skarmig on uh, on um, uh, strikethroot.com. Okay, can you summarize it? Yeah, Skarmig basically he outlines a, a functional definition of rights. So rights exist in your mind. They are, and he uses the example of you're walking down a sidewalk. And with each step you take, you claim a space. And each step you leave behind, you relinquish a space, right? So as you're, as you're walking down that sidewalk, you are claiming the right to be in that space at that time. And when you walk towards someone and, and they, you, you see this conflict coming up where they're claiming space and you're claiming space and you... And, and you resolve it quickly through that little dance we like to do often where mm-hmm. where you um, you see some guy coming toward that space and you're moving there and you're in a you're you're in a small conflict and then you resolve it by off stepping each other changing your course or what or whatnot what it means is that that rights are are within the individual that it's what you claim and that it's 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 to be negotiated with others and that it's you you demand that your rights are being respected by others right that, that you may come up to a circumstance where there's a person who doesn't respect your right the mm-hmm. one who might um instead of instead of sidestepping or whatnot will just will just walk right into you if you don't get out of the way right you, so you wouldn't you say that for that person the one who doesn't respect rights for that person rights don't exist well 
for him they do because he's claiming the right to that space regardless of anybody else's concern. But the same concept of rights don't exist in that he doesn't believe in your rights. He believes in his right to everything that you have. Right. And so right. that's so, where we can kind of go, go ahead. ahead. I was just going to say this again. I My point has always been that rights don't exist. Certainly they don't exist tangibly. Everybody can agree to that and that all they are is an agreement. It's a good agreement. It's one that people should. But it's not even a clear one. I mean, you no. and I, likely the four people here can come to a pretty close agreement on what is right and what is wrong. Uh, but and, and therefore, what are one's rights? But I'm still a little skeptical in this whole right to travel. Um, so I you know, I don't. I don't think that we in this room entirely agree. Well, the and government people would certainly disagree with us on what rights uh, people have. Sure, absolutely. Because so, government is a government is a complete infringement upon individual. So rights. then, would you agree then that rights are nothing more than an agreement between men and women? Yeah, it's it's a functional agreement. It's something that you are constantly um, moving forth, and and one of the one of the ideas of volunteerism that you guys often advance is that conflict is is most commonly easily resolved between individuals. Conflict, like if you're talking about the conflict of claiming space walking down a sidewalk, for 99.9% of the individuals, there's no conflict. It's it's easily resolved. We look at each other. We we um, we negotiate through the way we move our body and, and we sure. sidestep. For the sociopath, so, on the other hand, it's not so easy. Right. So the sociopath is the exception to the norm, and most of them go into government anyway. So, um, and in a world where uh, people had the, really truly had the right to protect themselves and therefore, you know, w- wear arms and things like that, I think that people would be less likely to be this sociopath that, uh, you know, would sort of refuse to get out of the way on a sidewalk and things like that. Um, you know, probably si- true. Sidearms take care of people like that relatively quickly. I like what you said about, you know, in the beginning of the call about love and what Kurt brought up is we'll prove it if it exists. I don't think that love exists. I think it's something that we can create in every moment. And I think rights are kind of along the same parallel to that. If you believe you have rights, that's something that you can create. Now, there are a lot of people who would agree on a common set of rights, and I think that's what you guys are discussing here. Yeah. So if an individual claims a right, it's, it's very easily resolved um, by, by human interaction. Mm-hmm. And, and, and over time, we've developed uh, a common understanding of, you know, especially through um, ideas like the non-aggression principle and whatnot, of what rights are, what's... No, what's that's not true. Point. I mean, th- to some extent it is, uh, in that most people are respectful of other people's personal space and property and all that, but I wouldn't say it's a common understanding, because as has been pointed out, some people believe in a right to health care, and other people uh, believe in uh, rights that we may not necessarily all agree I'd say on. most people don't believe in the rights that I believe in. Yeah. Especially so, when it comes to the to looking at the the uh the institution called government. I think it could be useful to get people together who agree on a similar set of rights and I think to some extent that's what's happening here in New Hampshire with the Free State Project. And I thank you for your thoughts tonight. I appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231 because the deliberately bringing people together of the same mindset who generally will come to an agreement on things like rights could be very, very useful in that uh, hopefully it will help influence others to understand that, no, you don't have a right to health care because that means you have a right to someone else's labor and it's a different kind of right entirely. Uh, More coming up here. You can bring up anything. It's Free Talk Live. 
We wouldn't be where we are without our amplifiers. Their $3 per month helps us spread Free Talk Live and gets them access to perks at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind. Dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Sam. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are totally free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. You like the show? Want to help support Free Talk Live? You can become an amplifier for as little as 3 bucks a month. Now, what we do is we take that money in, reinvest it into the show, and get on more radio stations around the country, bring more Internet listeners on board, and expose new people to the ideas of freedom. So we're putting that money back to work. It's not going out to paychecks or anything like that. Uh, head over to amp.freetalklive.com, get signed up, and you'll get access to perks like the amp-only call-in lines, amp-only forum, and more. Go to amp.freetalklive.com. As we continue with your phone calls about whatever you want, it's Josh in... Louisiana. Josh, you're on Free Talk Live. Oh, yes, sir. I, I listen to y'all's show. I'm a truck driver. Excellent. But y'all was talking about, oh, freedoms and all of that. I was wondering if y'all knew what was going on with Michael Savage or, oh, if, if y'all knew anything about it and what y'all thought about it. Well, what, Are I'm you not talking sure. about him not being able to go to Great Britain? Oh, yes, sir. Didn't they res- lift that restriction? I believe they did. That's what uh, I'd heard. Yeah. Not that I really care about Michael Savage. Uh, he is a, uh, a sicko. Uh, he is an advocate of violence. He is uh, he's sick. Uh, Michael Savage is a really bad man from but what I can tell. I, don't yeah, think I know that... y'all wouldn't like him or anything. It's just the whole point of the freedom of speech and the Hillary yeah. Clinton not standing behind him. Right. I think that he has the he, he should have the right to travel to Great Britain. Um, if I advocate the right um, his right to come to the United States and I advocate his right to go to Great Britain, I think he should have that freedom. I, I'm I'm with uh, Ian on this. I I'm not real fond of his stances on things, especially blowing up people in foreign countries, uh, but. You know that's that's here nor there. I think that he has the the right to travel, um, you know, unrestricted. I um, also have uh, of the opinion that uh, he probably got a great deal of mileage out of it. It was something wonderful for his career. Oh yeah, I mean he got a lot of publicity. I, mean, I wish they would ban me. Front page on yeah, the it did Drudge make Report. Him a lot bigger. Right. So does that answer your question? Oh uh, yes, sir. Anything Thanks. else you want to talk about tonight? Uh, that'd be it. Thank you, Josh. Appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. Savage is, uh, he's our competition. Uh, he's in. Yeah, it's really, and, and you can hear it, um, you know, from me especially. Most areas in life, I can play a racquetball game with you and I can win or lose and I'm fine with it. I can p- play a game of uh, chess and win or lose and I'm fine with it. When it comes to business, I do not lose. And the, <laughs> that's just the way it is. I, I, I'm very competitive and you can probably hear it in my voice when I talk about Michael Savage. I just... You know, he's my competition. I can't like him. Well, I mean, that's not... I don't think there's anything wrong with uh, having friendly competition. I think that's certainly possible. There are uh, there are other liberty-oriented podcasts on the Internet, and Michael Savage is our competition in the radio world in that we're on at the same time as he is, I think. He might be shifted off by an hour, but no, a couple it's... of his hours of his show run over top of hour two of our hours, and so we're in direct competition in that time slot. But on the Internet, Mark, I mean, we're competing for people's uh, space on their iPods and things like that, but yet at the same time, we're more than happy to promote other great 
shows. I mean, we talk about, uh, Sam, we talk about your Obscured Truth Network at ObscuredTruth.com. Uh, we talk about some other shows. The Liberty Radio Network is something I created to bring liberty-oriented podcasts all into the same internet stream. So on Liberty Radio Network, we've got other shows like Wheels Off Liberty. Actually, they're off the air until the end of the month. But uh, we've got other great liberty-oriented shows, uh, Freedom and Freedom Main Radio, the Lou Rockwell Podcast. Complete Liberty. Complete Liberty is excellent. And I have no problem promoting those guys because, well, it's beneficial in that the the message of freedom will uh, will be spread. And, and Free Talk Live isn't the right show for everybody. There may be people out there that are listening to this that, you know, they might not like you or me, Mark. And, you know, they might not like the uh, the interaction between us. Maybe they'd rather hear somebody doing more of a monologue uh, or whatever their preferences are. I'd much rather direct them in a way that can get them the content that they're looking for with the liberty-oriented theme than have them not listen to uh, to anything at all. Um, so no, I don't think I hate all competitors or anything like that. I I welcome. Did I use the word hate? No, you didn't use the word hate. But yeah, it's not, I, it's not one. It's not really in my lexicon. You seem kind of nasty towards I, the you idea know, I've of competitors. Got, uh, well, there's there's no advantage there uh, with uh, Michael Savage as far as liberty. It no, not at all. Doesn't really enter into the equation um, much at all. So uh, you he's know, one of those fear mongers. Not that advantage. He's a fear monger. Like we were talking about language, the, cultures and borders. Right, language, whole, culture and borders. Right, as we were talking about last night with this uh, this obsession that certain people have the you know the white protestant males have with the idea that they're losing their culture well michael savage is one of the primary uh promoters of that whole concept of oh the mexicans are coming here and they're gonna ruin everything so he's a bad bad man anyway it'll be it'll be a lot of fun when we finally surpass his uh, total of affiliates that that i think will be he's a, got a, a lot of affiliates us. man um sure, i mean it's, sure. it's gonna he's it's gonna be a got, little while but he's got hundreds of them yeah, he's he's got a real anger management problem. I think he's as li- uh, probably more likely to have an aneurysm before we we yeah. we hit uh, his kind of numbers. Uh, whatever it takes, <laughs> we'll we'll certainly outlast him. Well, that's that's the one thing that Free Talk Live can basically basically make the claim against everybody else on the radio right now. When you look at the the other big radio shows, they're mostly in their late fifties and early sixties. Yeah, old white guys. And uh, you know we, we don't have. We, I'm 38. You're 28, right? 29. Okay, whatever. Yeah. I just thought you were. Never mind. I don't know what my age is generally. So I, we're going to be here for a while. Toll free number here 800-259-9231. Sam, have you ever heard the Savage character? You've been kind of quiet on this. No, I haven't. I, I've I catch a little bit of Limbaugh, a little bit of uh, Glenn Beck, but I, I don't think I've heard much of Savage. Well, his real name, as I understand it, is Michael Weiner. Yes. So he changed his name to Doctor Michael, Michael Weiner. Whatever. He changed his name to uh, Michael Savage for an air name. So it gives you an idea of his personality, right? He's, well, he's very he angry. Be, he used to be the general, too. Oh, really? Yeah. That, so he was, Even though he's never been in the military? or, or I, has That's he? my understanding. Yeah, he has not. He certainly okay. hasn't been a general. <laughs> wow. All right. We'll continue here. Tom is on the line in Utah. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Tom. Thank you. Uh, I have to tell you, this is a little refreshing because I've been listening a lot to the monologues that seem to run a lot through the day, and it's really nice to get a group or get a program where I actually can expand my understanding by hearing the, uh, you know, the ideas and perceptions of, of all kinds of people. Thank you. That's part of the, uh, the fun of Free Talk Live. You don't have to listen to the same jackball every night. Now expand our understanding. We get two on this show, sometimes three. Well, uh, I, I'm really pleased, uh, and I see from uh, your website that you have pretty good coverage, and I am concerned. Uh, I, I 
feel like I'm kind of a bearer of bad news to many people, uh, but I would rather be the bearer of bad news that will save their life than to not have them know it all. Uh, I probably should have talked to you a little bit before, but I had a family contact me uh, two winters ago with a deathly ill child. Hmm. They were 140 miles away from me, and I was entangled with, uh, you know, citizen lobbying up at my legislature, So, and I didn't have a vehicle available, so I, it took me a few days to see this family. When I saw the family, you know, just a brief uh, story on them, they looked like they had were warmed over death. The state was accusing them of neglect and abuse uh, because they had a deathly ill child or infant. Mm. Three more days later, I went by and I was able to drive to their home, which was quite rural. And Are I you found, a doctor or what is your role? Uh, I used to work in uh, pathology. Uh, they didn't call me for medical uh, advice. They called me because they uh, were being threatened by the state. Hmm. The state was going to take the child away from them, and they were being prosecuted or persecuted. Yeah, pro- either both. word, both word works. Uh, but they were told, or they were accused by the community and the medical profession and the legal profession of that community of being abusive or ne- negligent with that child. When I went to their home, I found that they were living in a manufactured or a mobile-type home. That home literally was poisoning them. Oh, dear. So uh, when I I discovered that family's problem, and I was standing on their roof, uh, I was looking across the community around them, and I realized that uh, the same situation that was giving that family a problem was extant or existing in... Hundreds of families. I want you to hang on and tell me a little bit more about this because it sounds like uh, it sounds very similar to what happened with the trailers that the federal government put people in after Hurricane Katrina. I'm gonna put you on hold and we'll bring it back here, Tom, if you got a chance uh, to, to stick with us. 800-259-9231. After Katrina, the federal government put hundreds of people in these trailers and they started seeping formaldehyde or something very, very dangerous like that. Uh, we'll come back with more. You can bring up anything. It's free talk live. This is Free Talk Live. You are invited to take control of the airwaves. Bring up whatever's on your mind. Toll free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Sam. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Uh, and if you enjoy this program, you can shop with us at Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. Just enter Amazon through that link, and Free Talk Live will get a percentage of your purchase. Start your shopping at Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. As we continue here uh, with Tom in Utah, Tom, you said you went out to a mobile home uh, to consult with some people who were being threatened by the state to have their children taken away. You discovered they were being poisoned by their trailer, by the, the mobile home they were living in. Can you tell me more? Yeah, that's right. Uh, What's really uh, shocking, and by the way, uh, while we're talking about this, uh, if your producer, if you have a uh, internet or yeah, internet connection right there, I have all the video and photographs, the evidence up on a website called GassingAmerica.com. What kind of gases are you talking about? Well. Curiously, I was invited by a uh, ex-sheriff of New Orleans, Jesse Finneran. Um, he and a Becky Gillette from the Sierra Club actually began the uh, investigation on the formaldehyde issue, uh, you know, for the Katrina victims. And when they saw my website, uh, 
uh, on this other issue, which is closely related to theirs, uh, Jesse called me up and invited me to come and testify before a congressional hearing held in New Orleans on the formaldehyde issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had identified the formaldehyde because that's what they were looking for. But I came down there and I added another poison to the package. And what the poison, of course, was was carbon monoxide. And um, I have to tell you a fact in, in, in science. When you're producing carbon monoxide in a flame, you know, that's some, simply just a little bit shy of oxygen supply, if you have a high moisture environment at the same time, you're not only producing carbon monoxide, but you're producing its companion gas, formaldehyde. See, carbon monoxide is CO, formaldehyde is H2CO. That just simply means you have a part, portion of a water molecule bound with carbon monoxide, and that's formaldehyde. So they okay. were rather taken back, you know, uh, or impressed when I testified in that committee. Now, why is it that these uh, that this is happening in these trailers? Were they made poorly? Did the federal government contract with a, a just a, a slipshod company? Is it something that all manufactured homes uh, suffer from, or what do you think? Well, um, generally speaking, it's not so much an issue because the same materials that are used in in manufacturing uh, mobile and and uh, manufactured homes. Are, are basically the same material you'd use in the uh, in the construction of an office or your own home. You know, if you've got paneling in your home, uh, Boise Cascade doesn't roll out a special, uh, you know, a special milling or lot for mobile homes or manufactured homes. They they pretty much run out whatever you know they're running. What happened in the case of Katrina though was that there was a panic demand. Uh, put on the manufacturing of mobile homes and these little camp trailers that uh, they used initially. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the material, since the United States was not geared up, I mean, it was running pretty much at its maximum ability anyway. So the story behind the Katrina uh, camp trailers and the uh, what they call the... Oh, um, well, it doesn't Katrina matter. cottages. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, the manufacturers, and by the way, here's a curiosity, the main uh, controller or financier behind all the manufacturing mobile home is Warren Buffett. Uh, so they struck deals with China, and China produced or provided a lot of the building materials for those trailers that were thrown together quickly for Katrina. So indeed, what uh, the Sierra Club discovered through... Uh, Jesse Finneran, or Sheriff Finneran, and, and uh, Becky Gillette that had worked on that uh, project. They did discover that, in fact, the uh, panel board and the uh, composite board, the materials used in those trailers for Katrina, were way beyond the limits of formaldehyde uh, contamination. So basically, be- because they were in a rush to get these uh, trailers built, Somebody didn't do the appropriate quality checking that uh, would otherwise be done from some, you know, in, a, in any other situation where uh, such a demand was being placed on them. So what you're yeah, saying? Yeah, and see, I don't, I don't fault China. I fault the American businessmen who work in China, and they, they get away with a lot of little tricks to save money. Yeah, that's unfortunate. And, so, and, and you know, we've had all kinds of problems with poisonings, you know, toys and so forth coming out of China. That's because the, the, the businessmen will 
you know, um, take advantage of uh, of the laxity of well not law. all businessmen will uh, will do that but uh, in many cases what happens in, in this market in the marketplace in America is that a product won't make it to a market or to a product uh, won't make it to a shelf uh, like in a Walmart unless it has a seal of quality from an underwriter's laboratories right. or something like that and it sounds to me like there was never uh, a, a, an appropriate quality check on these products and why would the federal government care about checking something like that they they aren't interested in protecting anybody they're just interested in, in images and appearances and I thank yeah. you for sharing that what was your website again it's gassing America, but I do want to I do want to put out a, a, a plea to all of my friends that have family or friends living in manufactured mobile homes because the other issue it's really important that people understand this. It has not been disclosed, and that this is a, a, a really egregious step by HUD made 33 years ago when they decided to violate all other regulatory wisdom and they allowed what's called a dilution or a fresh air intake to be placed on the roof only three feet away from the furnace exhaust. And that's what I had uh, disclosed or, or discovered was the cause of this family's poisoning. Oh, my. And this, with this winter weather coming right now, and I know, uh, you know many areas right now are in very deep, hard cold, they are literally being poisoned as you and I speak, because of what I discovered. And what's really interesting, uh, you know, and I don't want to beg any more time, but I do have to say this. I am so upset and, and disheartened by my own, with my own profession because the same game that was played on the people in New Orleans is being played in this situation everywhere. In other words, when those people were placed in those units down in, in New Orleans, and thankfully, uh, Jesse Finneran, my friend now, he was a sheriff, and so they asked him to be a placement officer for FEMA. When he started to walk into those units, he started to feel a burning of his eyes and discomfort. When his wife and him were put into a unit themselves, she went into seizures because she was highly sensitive. What's interesting is none of the medical community down there ever told or, you know, or... Um, raised a flag on this issue, and, you know, four years have gone by, and they, they're still uh, refusing to assume any liability for not telling these people about this poisoning. And the well, the feds thing, will never assume liability, and it's not a, that's not a surprise to me. It's a sad story. Are people still in those trailers? Yes, they are. But... <laughs> years later. I mean, that was back in 2005 when uh, well, I think Hurricane see, they, Katrina... At least they have a little more comfort because they know with what I taught them that the uh, original formaldehyde that was in the materials uh, should dissipate over an extended period of time. Right. Now that you've been in there long enough being poisoned by the, the formaldehyde in, inhalation, it'll go away. Hey, thank you for the information tonight. I appreciate hearing from you. It's a, it's a sad story, and that's what happens when you count on the federal government to look after you. Yeah, and what are the doctors going to do? Stand up and tell the, the federal government that you're poisoning these people? They'll, they'll run after their license and try and get rid of them. You can't speak out against these guys because they're a big gang. This is, um, and, and I believe this entirely because a lot of these retardant materials and stuff they have you know they off gas over time mm. these brand new 
you know, pieces of, you know, bits of furniture and things like that. That brand new smell, well, it's, it's some of the stuff they've sprayed on there. It's chemicals yeah. and it has glue and, and stuff. It, yeah. And it comes off over time. And, uh, you know, I've, I've heard in my personal life people talking about, you know, I was, uh, I was sick to death, nearly dying. I was an older guy. Um, mm. and it was from my new mattress. I went to sleep wow. on the couch. I was fine. That's crazy. Not everybody's sensitive to the same things. No, I, that's true. I used to be very callous on these issues. Well, if I don't feel it, what's the problem? Well, right, you're right. I, there are different levels of sensitivity, and, and for most people, bringing a new piece of furniture in the house isn't going to do anything because your house does breathe to some extent. I mean, there there's air transfer from the outside to the inside. Uh, but when you're actually in a trailer, a small enclosed space, and everything that's surrounding you is off-gassing, that doesn't sound very safe. 800-259-9231, especially for people that are sensitive to it. 1-800-259-9231. But if you want to look to the federal government to keep you safe, to keep you housed and fed and, and warm, you're going to end up, in many cases, dead. Because they just don't have the incentive to actually do protecting. They just want to look like they're protecting people. It's Free Talk Live, Hour 2's coming up. Bring up anything. Attention, all active duty members and veterans of the U.S. military. Your proud service to your country entitles you with the right to participate in special VA loan programs with benefits not available to the general public, like the ability to purchase a new home with no down payment or mortgage insurance, or refi with cash out up to 100% of your present home equity with less strict credit criteria. You are entitled to these benefits. Review them online at varadio.com. This is Tim Lewis from iFreedom Direct and a veteran of Operation Iraqi Freedom. I want you to know that as a member or veteran of the United States military, you've earned special rights and privileges. On your feet! And get the details at varadio.com. iFreedom Direct Corporation is a private lender approved by the VA and licensed in most states. In certain states, certain restrictions and limitations apply. For a current list of licenses, disclosures, and all benefits, go to varadio.com. varadio.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind if you dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. We launch here into the second hour of the show. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Sam. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. We'll take your calls about whatever you want. And this hour, we'll uh, start things. Uh, start the discussion out about the banks Sam, you had a story that uh, that you wanted to uh, to relay, and we were kind of digging into the details during the break. It, it's not as bad as it as it first sounded, but there's a lot of shenanigans going on in the banking system, and I know that you wanted to cover a number of things that, uh, to your understanding, are are currently underfoot. Right. So what's uh, what's happening? Well, so the one of the key telling pieces uh, that I saw was from this uh, notice from to, that was sent out to Bank of America customers that said. Uh, you know, Bank of America, the uh, the largest bank in the U.S. Six um, percent of it's owned by the government, I think, right? Is I, that right? Six percent? I believe so. They they yeah. got forty five billion in TARP funds, um, so there's a huge chunk in there. Now they're trying to return that uh, so they can get out from under those uh, regulations because next year apparently they're going to restrict banks that still have TARP funds will be restricting commercial loans and they'll have to be seventy five percent collateralized, which is going to kill. Uh, commercial loans. Hmm. Now, what? Getting back to here, though, what they're saying, they sent out a notice that says they're removing FDIC uh, insurance from their interest-bearing accounts. 
And like you said, we were digging into this into the break a little bit, and it looks like they're still trying to cover it for what I understand is non-interest bearing accounts uh, up to $250,000 under the general rules. Now, I haven't been able to find out what the general rules are for the uh, FDIC, but I suspect what's happening here is the FDIC is really running into trouble. There have been a hundred and oh yeah, 150 <laughs> banks. That's not speculation. <laughs> yeah, and they, at all, they've come out and said that they ran out of money earlier this year. The number that I've heard is uh, 8.6 billion dollars that they're in debt, bailing out all of these banks. Well, what's the trouble? The feds can just print some more money out, and bail out FDIC. Well, FDIC is a private uh, corporation. I, it Isn't it part of the Federal that, Reserve? Well, yes, but again, the Federal Reserve isn't part of the government either. So they're in the hole. But they could just bail themselves out. The Federal Reserve could just print some more money, couldn't they? Well, not so easily. Apparently, though, the insiders are saying that they have secretly borrowed uh, $80 billion from the Treasury in order to stay afloat up to now. And, you know, we've had Bernanke get on in front of the Congress and say, I can't tell you where these bailout funds would go to crash the economy. (laughs) So, you know, this may be one of the things that the the federal government is trying to keep under wraps is that the FDIC is broke. Now, they're saying that 500 banks or 520, something like that, are expected to fail next year. But again, the insiders are saying that, no, the number's over 2,025. Now, the cost to bail out... Either way, out, it's bad news. Yeah. Well, the cost to bail out these 2,000 banks is going to be $800 billion to over a trillion dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, the FDIC cannot support that, so they're expected to probably go under next year. Well, yeah. that's just it. The, the news was the Bank of America and State Farm and some other places have announced that the FDIC transaction account guarantee program will no longer be covering interest-bearing accounts. So interest-bearing accounts will still be covered by the FDIC's standard uh, $250,000 insurance policy. Uh, which, by the way, is going to change back to 100,000. It used to be 100,000. It's 250,000 through the end of 2013. Then it changes back to 100,000. Again, presuming it's all still afloat at, at right. that point in time. Uh, but so, so it sounded initially like they were just pulling uh, insurance coverage entirely. That's not the case. When we looked into the transaction account guarantee program, that basically is a special insurance program that covers 100% of the funds. So if you've got a million dollars in the bank uh, in a non-interest-bearing account, that that will apparently be covering that in, on the banks that are participating in that particular program. But it's like you say, if they're out of money and then the bank fails... Well, what are you going to do? Sue the FDIC for your two hundred fifty thousand dollars? Yeah, good luck. And and that's probably what's happening. They're they're bankrupt right now. They don't have the money to keep bailing out these banks, so they're going to have to raise insurance rates. And that might be why these guys are all of a sudden dropping coverages. They're seeing the new premiums coming out. Now, one of the other things that happened. Well, now don't banks have to be FDIC insured? Isn't that a mandate? Like if you're going to go and open up a bank. You pretty much have to. You're playing with the Federal Reserve, so you... I think that's only if you have national or federal in the title of, of your bank. Really? I know I've never never not seen an account that yeah, it's uh, pretty wasn't FDIC insured. It's pretty common. Now, one of the other things that's related to this, this happened back in September. The federal government removed backing from money market accounts. And there were there was $4 trillion in money market accounts. And right after that regulation... $800 billion moved out. Now, most of that money went into bonds, which is the buying of U.S. debt to, to basically support more of the spending that's going on uh, under the Obama administration. So 
they're using these tricks and sort of uh, changing the laws to flow the money back into the bonds where they need it uh, just to keep the dollar afloat right now. So this is another sign of the you know cracks forming in the mm-hmm. foundation. It's not going to last. There's only so many uh, ways they can keep the house of cards uh, standing. Exactly. And, and, you know, things are really looking uh, pretty bad for the banking uh, industry next year. Yeah, I I don't recommend anybody keep $100,000 in a bank account. I think that's uh, just a risky idea in general. If the if the IRS decides they want to come along and snatch that up, they can do it. If the bank fails, good luck getting the money from the FDIC. If they're out of cash, uh, just there's... You'd be better off putting it somewhere safe. I, well, I think that the, the safe place to put it is gold and silver, personally. And yeah. if, if you don't get it at gold.freetalklive.com, get it someplace. You know, and I think that this attitude's trickling down. My wife's like, oh, I don't want to keep that much money in cash. We were talking about some finance stuff. And she's like, I don't want to keep that much money in cash. Can we just get some um, gold from, you know, she said Midas Resources. But, right. Um, mm-hmm. it's, that's gold.freetalklive.com. And I think that that's trickling down for people. I think that they are beginning to understand that if you keep your money in cash. It's not like they're going to stop printing more and more dollars. They've they're been not. printing a whole bunch of them. They're going to continue to print print a whole bunch of them. But they're running into trouble, and the Fed is trying to pull. They've they've come in, into the banks and said, we need to pull back a trillion to a trillion and a half dollars, or we're going to face hyperinflation. Yeah. Uh, right now, they're claiming, the government's saying that the inflation figure is like 1.3 or 1.6 percent, something like that, whereas the real inflation rate, if you count things like food and fuel, is about 7.1 percent. Which they don't count in the official numbers. They don't count, yeah. And those next year are expected to go to, to 14 percent, the, the real inflation rate. So they know that they're facing hyperinflation, that they can't spend this money. So the Fed's trying to pull back this trillion, trillion and a half dollars. That's why they've called in all of the TARP funds from the banks. And if you go through, you'll see Bank of America and some of the others are trying to give as much of that money back. Well, and the bubble, uh, the housing bubble is very useful for them because when you get a loan from the bank and you sign the loan application, you're creating the money. You're authorizing the mm-hmm. bank to create that money from thin air, basically, to then loan to you so you can then pay it back to them. Uh, so every time a loan is created, more money enters the money supply. And if people default on those loans and those loans end up going away, then it, it contracts the money supply. So at the same time as all that contracting is happening, happening from the, the various different foreclosures and things like that that are going on out there, they can print more money and essentially kind of uh, balance it out. So they can right. get away with printing money as long as people are still, are you know, re- loans are being reneged on it. I mean, am I understanding that correctly as you guys I, but get right, it? Right now that uh, basically money's being destroyed by the loans not being paid. Right. So the printing of money they can it's kind of get away it. with, yeah. plus the fact that banks are taking the money that, that's essentially being printed, and just putting it in their vaults. They're not, yeah, they're holding they're, it. They're well, being actually, very careful with loaning it out. What's happening with some of those bailout funds is they, they took a portion of that. Some of it went to loans, but a lot of it was placed back on deposit with the Fed. So they were getting the, the money at zero to almost no, zero to less than a percent uh, interest rate, and then they're depositing it back with the Fed at a higher interest rate. So essentially... The Fed's giving them money for nothing and then taking the money back and paying interest to the banks. So they're getting a guaranteed income stream all thanks to uh, taxpayers. (laughs) And, you know, now that's about to come to an end. Oh, inflation is thanks to everybody. You don't have to be a taxpayer to be affected by inflation. 
Right. Yeah. Everybody is affected as long as they're using U.S. dollars. And there's more. It gets it gets even worse. That's why it's the most insidious tax. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Because as long as you're using their currency. They've got you by the balls, basically. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. Uh, take control of the airwaves here at 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. It's time. Wake up. This is just in case you care. And yeah, I'm talking to you. That's my booklet of truth for the people of America and the wake up call for action to save our freedom. Get a copy for you and your friends at yamtalkingtoyou.com and get involved with saving our country. That's yamtalkingtoyou.com. If you want to be part of the solution, otherwise, just go back to sleep. You'll adjust to enslavement. This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Sam. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Features are free, so enjoy those on us, including the Shrine of Female Listeners, the dozens of ladies that have taken the time to send us their validated photo to show they are indeed listeners of the program. Head over to shrine.freetalklive.com. See it for yourself. And by the way, the Shrine of Female Listeners is brought to you by Manchester Brewing at manchesterbrewing.com. How would you like to get a non-lethal weapon into the hands of your loved one this holiday season with the stopping power that rivals that of a handgun? It's the Tiger Light. It's an incredibly bright flashlight with an integrated pepper spray. Its high-level utility comes, out, comes from the fact that it is out and in your hand, unlike other weapons, and there's no expectation by the perp that you actually have a weapon. It's the Tiger Light. You can get one today at tiger.freetalklive.com. It's a special Christmas rate over there at tiger.freetalklive.com. All right, we continue here. Uh, Sam, was there more banky kind of money stuff you wanted to talk about? Uh, there's a couple things, but if we, we'll get to that. Well, okay. uh, first, let's go to Sean in the UK. Uh, Sean, you're on Free Talk Live with you and Sam and Mark. You're all right. How are you doing? Super, Sean. What's on your mind tonight? Oh, fantastic. I say, uh, I'm so glad that I finally got through and whatnot. Uh, basically, um, I was hoping to uh, impart a few things from the UK. Obviously, from the uh, the US, you don't hear, you know, many of the. Um, you hear slight things that happen in the UK or EU, mm-hmm. but obviously not the majority of it. And uh, I was just looking at ringing up and I was just saying um, a few things that are going on here. Uh, for example, uh, you know, the Copenhagen Treaty and all the rest of it. Sure. Uh, well, well, basically, um, over here, we've got these, um, we've got the scientists and basically it's government funded and all the rest of it. Sure. Well, what's not well known to the people is obviously um, these government-backed scientists. The only reason why they're back in the um, whole thing of the uh, global uh, climate change and all the rest of it is simply because they are funded by the government agencies. It's certainly uh, a, a yeah. very persuasive point for them. I mean, if you are being hired by the government to investigate whether or not the, uh, the you know the humans are causing globe, so-called global climate change you're going to have a very serious uh, financial interest in finding out exactly what the government wants you to find out. Exactly. I mean, that's the way that I look at it. I mean, if you're given a four-year initiative, and then after the first year you can't come up with the results, obviously your funding is going to get cut, so you've got to come up with some results that actually conclude that there is man-made climate change coming towards that. Right, similar to how uh, pollsters can uh, essentially garner certain responses 
based on the questions that they ask people, uh, scientists can also twist numbers uh, based right. on the way they want to present them. I'm a big believer in the scientific right. method. I'm just really, really skeptical when it comes to this whole global warming thing. It, yeah, it's, I mean, it's garbage. I mean, I'll say there's a big thing within the UK, um, and it's not well known, but, for example, during uh, the 16th, 17th century, um, the River Thames uh, froze over for 50 years every single winter and what's is well seen especially the problem is um western scientists especially uh, american and uk uh, compared to say the chinese and the russian scientists who have actually gone through calamities where things have happened like that they're more uh, passive and uh, you know less acknowledging of natural things and they prefer it that you know, rather than actually being able to say, oh, we can't explain it, they have to put into effect this thing that, yes, we can explain it's human caused, it's, it's CO2, it's our problem. Well, and they're, they're cherry-picking the data. They're going around the world looking for spots where there is extreme weather, and they're using that in their models. They are um, changing the source code. They've been caught importing data and then doing modifications to adjustments to it to uh, account yeah. for whatever and then throwing away the source data and they only keep their modified data set. I used to yeah. work in data warehousing for a decade and we would never do something like that. You keep your original measurements because, you know, you can derive anything you want from those from then on. Sean, thanks for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you. Let's talk to Lisa listening in New Jersey. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Lisa. Hi, guys. I have a question. Uh, I, I'm a new farmer, so I was, I'm was i actually looking into buying a, a state-owned property. It's under a preserved farmland program. and So you start looking at the, the deed restrictions and such, and they had some unusual provisions in there. Um, for one thing, the state comes once a year to inspect your property to make sure that you're actually using it as it's intended, and they submit a report. Okay, then um, they said something about, okay, if you buy this property, you're not, that doesn't mean you get the rights to the water for the property. And then um, they passed this other law that they claim is being passed nationwide that we're one of the last states to do it. What it says is that your animals can't con um, access what they call the waters of the states. On, uh, they can't have uncontrolled access to it. So if you have a stream on your property, they want to control um, the access to it. Um, it can't be near certain things, and it has to, like if it's in a pasture, some of that should be fenced or have some sort of buffer strip there. And my question for the state, you know, when I went to the meeting was, what is, what do you mean by the waters of the state? They said, well, the definition's in there. They said any flowing water and the groundwater. So they're claiming water rights, and they're also, it's... So you can't even pull water from a well? You, no, you... They somehow they have some kind of jurisdiction under it, and everywhere I look, it's pretty vague. And so the the state said to me, "Oh, look, we don't have the budget or the staff to go out and investigate everything. You know, don't worry about it." But <laughs> however, they want us to fill out an 11-page report about how we handle um, animal waste um, with relation to the waters of the state. And we don't, they said, you you don't have to hand it in. You just have to keep it there on file. But you hand in a declaration page saying that you've done this plan so that anytime someone needs to investigate it, then it's there. 
You already have oh, it, but so don't worry. We never will come out and mess with you. Go ahead. Buy our property. Unless you How do or say city? something they don't like, then they're going to come after you and use all of these regulations against you. Exactly. And you'll, you've read these things. You might think you understand them, but you're not interpreting the way they're going to interpret them. And the way they will use it is in the most insane ways you can think of. I mean, they these are a way to control people to get whoever they want in there on the property. And the stuff that they're saying in here is ridiculous enough that they own all the water on your land. But the stuff that they, what Sam's pointing out is, you won't even know the things that they're going to hit you with. And they'll, you'll look at the law and you'll say, look, that doesn't say that, does it? And and they'll interpret it entirely differently. What they're saying it means was different from what was written. Yeah. That's what really was blowing me away. But the sad thing is that the only affordable farmland is state-owned. That's Everything else is ridiculous, outrageous price. Hmm. So, like, what do I do? Do I go to another state, or is this happening nationally? I I don't know. I'm not in the market for farmland. It's a good question. I would say, yeah, look around. Uh, there's got to be something out there. It doesn't sound to me like I mean it seems like you'd be taking the thirty pe- um, pieces of silver in this particular case that this would be a deal with uh, the devil if you will. Uh, well, I don't I think mean, it would be worth it. You've got to deal with the state no matter what you do. But this is an excessive level of it. It does it, it sound like. a little scary to me. I, I'd be careful is, is what I all I can say. Maybe look up here in New Hampshire. I know a lot of the the, the ground is granite, but there's still uh, some growable areas up here. Thanks for the call and good luck out there, Lisa. Appreciate hearing from you tonight at eight hundred two five nine. 9231, that's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You are invited to take control of the airwaves and bring up whatever's on your mind. Dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it is Ian with you. And Sam. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. And those features, by the way, include updates. You can get signed up. And we'll keep you in the loop via email whenever there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live. Just go to updates.freetalklive.com to get on the list for free. That's updates.freetalklive.com. Now, are you frustrated with the lack of freedom where you live? I can tell you I was back when I lived in Florida. Uh, Are you tired of the oppressive state intruding into your business and personal life? Well, if you knew that thousands of liberty-oriented people were all moving to the same place and getting active, would you join them? You can. Just join the Free State Project at freestateproject.org. We've all done it. In fact, we've already made the move here to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project. So learn more and get signed up at freestateproject.org. As we continue here, again, we'll take your phone calls about anything. Last night we had a call, uh, I think it was from Cindy. Uh, She called in to ask about, yeah, it was Cindy in Indiana, had called in to ask about uh, uh, a debt collector. Somebody had called her house claiming that she owed over $300, and when she asked them, well, what is this in regards to? Which would be the first question I would ask if I didn't know what someone was talking about, and they said, well, you owe owe this money. Well, what what are you talking about? Give me some evidence. They didn't have it. They couldn't show her anything. They couldn't tell her where the debt came from. They just could say they bought the debt from somebody. Yeah, they somebody. bought a bunch of debt, and your name was in it, so... Pay yeah. up. 
Uh, and she wanted to know about that. And, of course, none of us are experts. We're certainly not lawyers. We don't know these things. Uh, but we do have Jason Osborne from SACL CAI. And SACL CAI is, is a debt collections uh, company. Now, Among they, other things. They collect with respect. Uh, and they do things differently. And if you, are, if you do have uh, accounts that, are, that you need to be taken care of, uh, get in touch with Jason over at, at SACL CAI. You can see their banner on our website. It's the top banner on the, the banner column. But uh, he he wasn't listening live, but he heard later on via podcast Cindy's call, and he took the time to write a response. So I'm going to share that with you here, and we'll get back to your calls. Uh, Jason says, uh, for, in case any future callers want to use your show for debt consultation, first, Dale, you can absolutely get a judgment against you for credit card debt. This will lead to property liens or wage garnishment or simply having money sucked out of your bank account. I guess Dale had said otherwise on the show. I, I don't recall exactly what he said. but Something about signature belt loans or something regarding the lady with the eight-year-old bill that was cindy this happens all the time it's more likely not a scam in that the folks are not lying are likely not lying to her check out the agency and see how long they've been members of the aca aca international.org obviously some industry group if they're in good standing and have been around a while then they uh, they very likely run a clean shop there are some fly-by-night operations that pop up from time to time to engage in naughty practices, but they will typically shut down within a few months and reopen under a different name. With old accounts like this, oftentimes the documentation just isn't available. For whatever reason, it just gets lost or becomes prohibitive to keep around. Also, when a debt... But, you know, she didn't not only just get documentation, they wouldn't even tell her word one about what it was. They didn't seem to know. Yeah, that seems a little strange to me. But he says, oftentimes it's not available. Uh, it's prohibitive to keep around in many cases. Also, what a, uh, when a debt ages beyond the statute of limitations for legal action, the only way that bill is getting paid is if the consumer feels like paying it. Having the statement is not going to have much effect on average. Most people will remember the bills they owe you, or they owe if you remind them without having to see an itemization of charges. Keep in mind that as far as this agency knows, the chance of you paying this bill is roughly a third of a percent. Wow, uh, I think, he says. I know as consumers we like to think that folks should just send us a bill whenever we ask for one, but consider their point of view. As far as they know, if they were to be able to send you a statement, the probability of you paying does not increase substantially. So the only thing they can do is call and see if you feel like paying. If you don't, or if you want further information, or you don't remember what the bill is, then they'll just move on to something else and not bother you. It simply is not worth their effort to deal with you. I, I agree with that. Um, however, I do think that a credit, you know, I, I can imagine what it was like for this lady. I got a, I have a $350 debt for what? Um, we don't know. We can't tell you. We, well, we don't know. <laughs> yeah. um, and I, I, well, I don't know either. You want me to pay a debt I don't know about? Well, right. uh, we bought it with a bunch of other debt. So, yes, we do want, like you to pay for it. Sorry. I, I just need to know what it is. Uh, you know, that's just not good enough as far as I'm concerned. I agree with you completely. And he goes on to say that if by some chance they do bother you again, you can take you can either take comfort in the fact that they're wasting resources on you, or if you don't want to be bothered anymore, just send a letter requesting collections efforts to cease. The written letter is like the silver bullet for collection agencies. The only thing they can do afterward is take you to court. But in this case, the statute of limitations is up. So not only that, but the balance is not high enough to warrant the legal costs. So pretty much ignore these people. You know, hey, look, if you can't tell me what this is about, then I don't want to talk to you. And if they keep bugging you, he says, just write them a letter. Apparently that will uh, keep them off your back. So there you have it from Jason Osborne at SACL CAI, a little bit of debt collection advice from the expert. 
800-259-9231 is the number. Let's go to your phone calls. Ampline, unscreen call. You're on Free Talk Live. This is the Christian Anarchist. What's on your mind tonight, Gene? Tickets. Okay. Traffic tickets. Uh, my wife can never get at one. She can never get one? She can never get a traffic ticket. Really? Even if she tries to get one, she can't get one? She just got pulled over doing 59 and a 45, and the cop let her walk. Is she cute? Lots of cleavage? Well, of course. Yes, she's she's cute. She doesn't have any cleavage. She's she's Chinese. What do you want? Okay. Chinese people. Does she cry? No, she's a doctor. Okay. This is the extended part of the thin blue line. In the car, she's got her white coat, and she's got her little badge that says, you know, she's, uh, you know, uh, approved to go into the hospital here, the local hospital. Mm-hmm. So that's all she needs, and usually she shows those two things, and the cops just let her go. That's great. So it just goes to sh- just goes to show you what a scam tickets are. They're only for the connect, you know, the connected people can walk, but if you're just a, a worker bee and you don't have any kind of connections, look out because they're gonna they're gonna rake you over the coals yep, and yep. charge you three hundred dollars that you can't afford to Bend pay. Over. There's there's badges like this all over. Um, I know that you know the local firefighters here, uh, you know the the you know people that work in the fire department uh, as volunteers, they want to have badges for their vehicles, things that uh, let police officers know, hey hey, I'm a fire I'm a firefighter. We're you're one not, of you. Need for a ticket here. Yeah. And like, and you don't necessarily even have to be one of them. If you're somebody that they consider is somebody that they will need your services in the future, mm-hmm. they're gonna they're gonna cut you some slack. In fact, there was a time when we got pulled over uh, for speeding again, and I was driving, but my wife was in the car next to me. She showed her white coat and her badge, and she said, "Officer, I'm in a hurry to get to the whatever." And he says. But now he didn't cut me loose. He didn't say to me that I don't get a ticket. But he did say that I can give you a ticket for five over, which was like thirty bucks or something. I just paid it. You know, yeah. I, I, for for that, I'm not even going to bother to try and fight it. But gotcha. uh, so you. Can, it just goes to show you what a scam the whole system has. And I sure just wanted is. to share that with everybody tonight. Thanks so. for doing that, Gene. Appreciate hearing from you tonight. You are welcome. Yes, sir. 800-259-9231. We've got a guy up here, uh, Josh. He's actually an occasional co-host on the show. Uh, I'm hoping to get him in next week uh, for one of our uh, non-Mark shows. Mark, you're going to be leaving, by the way. Tomorrow is your last show. You're not going to be here all next week. As bad as I sound, I probably should just shouldn't have come in tonight. Tomorrow. Oh, you're right. Um, but uh, Josh, who is uh, going to be going to court in early January over some sort of, oh, you don't have the exact charge in front of me right now. It's it has to do with a license plate not being on appropriately or something like there's some sort of issue there. Anyway, he's considering uh, just going to jail. I mean, he's not going to pay the fine, and uh, whether it was a thirty dollar fine or a three hundred dollar fine, he's not going to pay it. So he's expecting to spend a, a week in jail. You know, it's it's how much. I don't know. 30, a, oh. a week in, a week well, in jail. A friend, a, a friend of mine here locally decided, you know, I'm not going to pay for this parking ticket. Got a, one of those parking in the street tickets, and he went to jail for eight hours. I mean, really? my God, they put a guy in jail for what it was a fifteen or twenty five dollar ticket for eight hours. Well, it was wasn't even worth processing him in, feeding him, and processing him out. Yeah, Total what a freedom. stupid system. It is eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. If more people chose to uh, to refuse to obey, to refuse to pay them. Then it would uh, it would bankrupt the system. More coming up. You can bring up whatever you want. This is Free Talk Live. This program is brought to you by FreeKeen.com. 
Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up anything dialing toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Sam. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you the features for free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Uh, and by the way, if you enjoy this program and you want to help support Free Talk Live, go and become a Free Talk Live amplifier for as little as 3 bucks a month. We'll take that money and reinvest it into the show and get on more radio stations across the country. Just announced a new radio station today uh, via email at the updates list at updates.freetalklive.com. Uh, the new station is in Waco, Texas, which is kind of an interesting place for a show like Free Talk Live to be, considering the history of uh, of what happened down there. I'm sure the people of Waco really love the idea that the first thing you think of is some uh, military standoff. It's the first thing I think of, man. That's what, that's what put Waco on the map, isn't it? I don't know. I, I, I must admit, I'd heard the name before, but yeah. I, I don't know about what. So we're down there, and we're actually on the FM band. So thanks to everybody at the Free Talk Live Amplifier for helping make that possible. It's our 61st radio station, and they'll be joining us for Saturday nights, taking a couple of our three hours. Uh, and by the way, if you want to learn how to, another way to help Free Talk Live is to go to promote.freetalklive.com. There's a list of things that you can do to help get Free Talk Live on more stations and in more ears and thereby spreading the message of freedom. So, again, promote.freetalklive.com. Let's go to uh, Mark. You've got a story about pre-kindergarten and long hair. What happened? Well, um, this is coming from sphere.com. Balch Springs, Texas. Dated a couple, uh, yesterday, December 17th. Taylor Pugh has been suspended from pre-kindergarten because he likes his hair a little on the floppy side. The four-year-old sat with a teacher's aide in, suburban, in a suburban Dallas school library Wednesday while his friends played and studied together in a classroom. They kicked me out of that place, said Taylor, who prefers the nickname Tater Tot. <laughs> I miss my friends. This is such a cute little boy in his yeah. little overalls here. He's four years old, and his haircut, I wouldn't call it long. It's more Beatles-ish. You know, it's not... It's down to his ears. Yeah, it's, it's floppy. Floppy's a good, a good description of it. Taylor's locks, long on the front and sides, covering his earlobes and shirt collar, violate the school's district's dress code. He's been punished with in-school suspension since late last month. I didn't know that your hair was considered dress. His parents say the boy's plans to aven- the boy plans to eventually cut his hair and donate it to the charity that makes wigs for can- cancer patients. Good for him. That's what I did with mine when I cut it. And they're not happy with the district's rules. The school district appears more concerned about his hair than his education, said Taylor's father. Well, it sounds like. Delton Pugh. I don't think it's right to hold a child down and force him to do something when it's not hurting him or affecting his education. Now, wait. This is government. Pre-K? I didn't know that government was doing preschool. I, I didn't realize The, the, the government wants to expand its purview as far as it can. I know they wanted that. I heard they were talking about it, but I didn't realize it was actually happening. And, and certainly in some places it is. It isn't uh, going on every place. Wow. Uh, Pugh said that he used to shave his own head, but that his son made uh, me uh, a pinky promise that I would let him grow, uh, let let my hair grow long with him. So dad and son both growing their hair long. Yeah, and I guess they're probably both going to donate it to the... uh, The The cancer kids. Right, the, um, what is it? I can't remember. Locks Locks of of love. love. Yeah. The... Focile Fight 
came to a head last month when uh, Taylor's parents received a signed letter from Floyd Elementary's principal threatening to withdraw the boy from school if his hair didn't comply with district standards. When Taylor's parents didn't budge, their son was suspended. Wow. When the boy returned, his hair was longer than ever. But school officials decided suspension was too harsh and changed the punishment. They still have regular classroom work, but in an isolated environment, Mesquite Independent School District spokesperson Ian Halperin said of the modified (laughs) in-school suspension that Taylor was serving, we expect students to adhere to the code of conduct. If you can't look like we say a boy is supposed to look, we're not going to allow you to socialize with anybody. And we don't care what your parents pay for the school. Right. Well, they're obligated to pay, so why should right. they care? So, you know, people, this is coming from the standpoint that, that, that well, your schooling is a privilege. And I agree that being schooled is a privilege. However, um, I don't think that when I'm forced to pay for it, as these people are through either rent or property taxes, mm-hmm. that it then, it then is no longer a privilege. If you make me pay for it, my kid gets to go, and you don't get to say anything about his hair. This is one of the most bizarre uh, dress code rules I've heard of. That they have certain hair rules? I mean, I, I've i never heard of such a thing before. I've, in my school, you couldn't have uh, like hair a mohawk or colored. Something? Right. You couldn't have mohawk shaved down to the scalp. You couldn't have your hair colored in some odd fashion. Um, so, you know, they had, they had rules where I my was. My brother had a mullet that was down to the oh, dear like shoulder blades in the back. <laughs> it was just during the 80s. Come on. <laughs> and, you know, he, he was fine yep. going to school that way back then, but he could not play football was the thing because it hung out of the helmet or something. Well, you know, that makes some sense. You don't want uh, one of the other teammates to grab you by the hair. Right. And, and the NFL, they play with, with uh, long hair now, so... Yeah, but we're talking about kids here. I mean, the, those guys are professionals. They're getting paid to take certain risks. You, you probably want to minimize the amount of uh, damage that can be done to a team of junior boys or whatever. If they sign a document that says that they're signing away, you know, whatever rights it is that they have rights. I mean, whatever yeah. claim that they might have. Uh, I still don't blame damages. them for having that particular policy. That's for football teams. I don't think that's 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 a safety issue there. But as far as if you're just, to, you know, just toting books from class to class as a regular student, I, I happen to find that pretty outrageous. According to the district. As dress someone code. who had long hair at one point. Boys' hair must be kept out of the eyes and cannot extend below the bottom of earlobes or over the collar of a dress shirt. Mm. Hairstyles designed to attract attention to the individual or disrupt the orderly conduct of classroom or campus are (laughs) not permitted. The district is known for standing tough on its dress code. Earlier this year, a seventh grader in the uh, district was sent home for wearing black skinny pants. His uh, parents chose to homeschool him. That's girls' pants, right? I, I guess. I mean, that's what it used to be, but now they make the guys' pants that same way. Oh, really? I think I think they may call them rocker pants, too. Okay. Which, no no rockers that I knew at any time. So this is basically about, this isn't about it being distracting. The idea that a, a boy having long hair is somehow distracting is ludicrous. Uh, when I had long hair, I was mistaken for a woman frequently, you know? <laughs> so it's not like it was distracting to anybody. Confusing a bit, perhaps. Uh, but it certainly isn't distracting. <laughs> you could throw the whole classroom off with the length of your hair, son. Yeah, this is just about uh, this kind of conservative gender role that people think that you know boys have to uh, like blue and girls have to like pink and boys have to have short uh, buzz cut Mr. Buzz cut style hair and girls have to have long hair. Do they have a, a, a an, another rule that is sort of the reverse for girls? Do girls have to have long hair at this uh, this school? I suspect not. No one would put up. That's a sexist rule. Come on. I, I don't think it would be uh, shocking to find out that they did have that rule. 
consider all things considered. No, I don't think that they would have that rule. That doesn't that doesn't even make sense. Well, why? Why wouldn't that make sense? Girls are supposed to have long hair. Boys are supposed to have short hair. That's where this rule comes from, right? Girls have. Uh, I'm sorry, girls have getting away with short hair much longer than guys have been getting away with long hair. What do you mean by that? Well, women's hairstyles have been shorter and longer. No, I don't. No, it's it. Men that, have had long hair. It in sounds many cultures much more ludicrous. Time. I'm not saying that. Look, Ian. I think anybody should be able to have whatever what, – they can grow a rooster on their head as far as I'm concerned. I'm just telling you that it's much less likely, even in you know, silly podunk Texas, um, that they might say that women can't have short haircuts. I would say that these people have grounds for a lawsuit here. I, I, as far as discrimination is concerned, this is clearly – if that's the case, if they're discriminating and they're saying that, uh, well, girls can have long hair but boys can't, then it seems like a pretty cut and clear case. I don't know. I, I think the school district is going to fall back on, well, these, this is our policy. and uh, But it's discrimination. The government's not supposed to be discriminating. Yeah, but it, <laughs> government's not supposed to be a lot of things, but they do it anyway. That's true. Yeah. I, I, so are you telling me if schools have, take... have uniforms that uh, boys should be able to wear the uh, short uh, blue checkered uh, skirts? <laughs> yeah, you bet. <laughs> yeah, that's going to go well. No, I don't know. You're right. Maybe they. Maybe it would just completely fall on its face, but it might be something worth looking into as far as if you could find a lawyer to take it pro bono to, to go at it. And I, oh, yeah, I I'm sure. It's pretty the lawyers are dying to go pro bono, man. You're kidding. About yes, that, right? I am. I mean, okay. some <laughs> these people, these some people want to get paid for their work. Right. Well, you understand they get paid on the settlement. The idea is that when uh, you bring a case that's like that. That's not pro bono, man. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought pro bono meant they take the case without no. charging you and they get paid on a settlement. No, pro bono means they take it for free. Okay, what does it mean when they get paid on the settlement later? They get paid on the settlement. I don't know. No, there's a term for that. There uh, may be a share. Or, I'm not sure. Yeah, well, you don't pay up front. You go and you pitch the idea to them and the lawyer says, yeah, I think I can take that case. And you don't have to pay anything. If they lose, you don't you don't pay anything. If they win, they get a, a, a probably a fairly hefty cut of whatever the, the, the amount is. And in this case, I don't think these folks necessarily should be looking for uh, for money just to change this uh, outrageous outrageous policy. But then again, how much hassle is it to go through something like that? And you know, what kind of uh, stress is is a, is a lawsuit like that going to put on the family? Is it is it worth it? I, d- I don't know, but I, still, it's an outrageous case. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. That is the SACL CAI toll free line. You can bring up anything. Or the worst part, of course, is that. They can't do anything beyond use the system. They can't do anything uh, except for bring a lawsuit because, well, they have to pay for the system. So if they don't like the rules, it doesn't matter. They have to pay for it or else they'll get their house stolen from them. More coming up. Hour 3 is on the way. This is Free Talk Live. How long can you hold your breath? (sighs) Not long. After air, water is the most critical factor for life. There are dozens of toxic substances in tap water, even pharmaceutical drugs that city processing can't remove. Sadly, most bottled water isn't much better. The chemicals in the bottles themselves are a serious health concern and a huge environmental problem. Filtering your own drinking water is the logical answer. You'll have a much better quality of water and save a bunch of money, too. Aquasana filters are thorough and more affordable per gallon than even pitcher-type filters. Aquasana is consistently voted the best choice by Consumers Digest. The filters are easy to use and install. Call 866-NO-BOTTLE to order or link online through freetalklive.com. If you'd like a 20% discount, and who wouldn't, when ordering online, use the discount code FTL. Again, that's FTL. Or call toll-free 866-NO-BOTTLE and tell them we sent you to get a great discount on all Aquasana products. Drink smart, 1-866-NO-BOTTLE. 
Free Talk Live, and we're launching into the third hour of the program. You can dial in toll-free to bring up whatever's on your mind, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Sam. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you all the features for free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Don't forget to head on over and visit Sam on his site, obscuredtruth.com. Some new videos put up within the last uh, couple weeks and great liberty-oriented video documentary-style work. Uh, thanks for doing all the uh, the stuff you do, Sam, because I know it's it's not really paying you too well yet. Not yet, but uh, I'm, I'm learning in, in the process. So Yeah, and you really uh, have gotten some great equipment here recently. I added a steady cam to, uh, to your setup, which really adds a real professional it look does. to the footage. So as though it weren't professional-looking enough, uh, as is obscuredtruth.com. Uh, we continue here, and we'll go to your phone calls. Alex is on the line in New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live on the Amp Line. Hello, Alex. Greetings, gentlemen. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Sam, uh, you're usually the person who's very uh, spiritual, so I have a question for you. Okay. Um, it, it's been said, I believe, by Mark that uh, love is the condition in which the happiness of another person is essential to your own. Do you have thoughts about that? Oh, Do you agree with that? Um, let's say it again. Love is the condition in which... The happiness of another person is essential to your own. I, I would think that love is something that's created within, and it ties in for me very strongly with compassion. Um, love is kind of a, a feeling of compassion for others, for yourself, for where people are at. And it's uh, really about letting go of the ego of wanting to look good and and be important to other people and so forth, and really just uh, being in service to to other people. I would have to, uh, to right. I would have to concur with that. The idea that love comes from inside, and I'm not sure what the context. I don't was. either. I don't remember it, but that doesn't you know that doesn't mean I didn't say it either. So I think that maybe in the under the context of a relationship, uh, one of the things that you really want is for your your significant other to be happy, and that's part of uh, of love is what you want for uh, for that other person. But it, it certainly to me is is it emanates internally. Now, uh, Sam, I have another question for you. Um, why do you suppose that people are turned off by others who are very accommodating? Uh, I, I don't know. Can you give me a little more context? Yeah. For example, some people, um, they're very shallow and they don't really, uh, they don't have any substance to them as a person, and that, that's generally, uh, you know, the casual person that you go and you watch sports center with, for example. Okay. Uh, but now other people are very accommodating and they're very uh, in tune with their emotions and they're very compassionate. Uh, and see. it seems like a lot of young people are turned off by that. Oh, do you have any comments about that? Well, I think, it's, uh, I think it's fear. It's uncomfortable for people to step outside of their comfort zone. It's the same reason that we stay you know, trapped in a job that we don't like or uh, any number of things. People go from one unhealthy relationship to another to another, and we see them from the outside repeating the same patterns, you know, getting stuck in this trap over and over again, but yet the person themselves is is kind of powerless to do anything different 
because what's outside the the answer for them to you know take their relationships to a deeper level and be able to talk about you know feelings or or what they what their deep beliefs are and so forth and engage in that level of conversation with another person is so far outside of their comfort zone it's 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 just too scary for them to go there so they respond you know tr- trigger off any number of defense Anger, mechanisms shutting down mm-hmm, yep. to push people away and to avoid that fear that it's really people are are fear or love based or, or driven by either fear or love i've dealt with that in 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 my relationships uh where mm-hmm. my significant other will essentially not be interested in talking about serious like you're saying, feelings and, and serious relationship issues where she would much rather uh, just do something else, you know, mm-hmm. uh, not, not uh, you know, not have to address these serious issues because what's, it's too much or or she feels like she's going to be judged uh, in a negative fashion. And I, I would try to uh, to explain that. Well, look, there's no, there's no judging here. There's no wrong answer. I'm not your parent. You know, I'm not trying to to catch you at something or to to hold you in some way that is uh, is not in a loving manner. I, I we want to I want to talk about these issues because I love you and because I'm interested in in you and because I'm interested in making things better and resolving conflicts and things like that. So it's I think that's something a lot of people deal with. But no, I think that this also extends into the platonic domain. Um, Ian, you were referring more to probably a non-platonic. Uh, Can you define well, platonic? I'm sorry. Uh, non-sexual relationship. Um, no, I was referring to a significant other, so it was a sexual you know, a relationship that involved sex, more than that, but yeah. Right. It, it just seems like anybody, whether it be um, you know, two men or two women or uh, a guy and a girl, it seems like uh, no matter what it is, uh, people are very, very... Uh, afraid and uh sam what do you think oh i see you're saying it's beyond that what you're referring to is just human relationships in general yes i think you're right yes, about that yes uh sam what do you think is the best way to uh to try and have this problem uh dealt with in society oh wow you want me to solve the problem of ego for all of society, huh? <laughs> well, I think you could be love. You can you can show people love in your life, and uh, you know, be as as loving as you can. And I think that that's going to go a long way. Now be the change you wish you to know, see. That, that, even, even when you do that, it's probably going to work 0.1 percent of the time because other people are they're not going to want to reciprocate that. Right. Oh, I think so, I think that's an incredibly low number that you're you're talking about there. I I, I have seen that humans by and large act the way that, that they're acted upon. Uh, maybe maybe I don't know what it's. I can't remember what it was like to be 19, Alex. But and and I as as I recall, it wasn't that great dealing with other 19 <laughs> year olds. But um, in my life, that is not how I see the world at all. I, I see that Wait, so, by and so, large. So you think that- that if you love another human being, that uh, uh, that it's going to be reciprocated. Yeah, by you know, mostly is what I'm I'm going to say on that. Certainly, there are going to be people that take advantage of you, and I'm not saying that loving someone means to to uh, you know not take certain precautions and and setting up you know boundaries with people or anything like that. But you deal with them with kindness and respect, and you're going to generally get it. Right. So, so what do you think, Sam? Do you think that in today's world, uh, people reciprocate? Uh, such, or do you think that people value such 
uh, close human relationships that they will uh, reciprocate I think, uh, that feeling of compassion? Well, I think that you create, that we all create the response that we get from other people. So if you're, if you're learning or, or finding that in your relationships when you're going out um, interacting with other people that they're afraid to go that last mile or, or touch on certain subjects or that you're loving to them but they're not loving in return, that you are the source of the world that you create around you. So somehow through your ways of being, how you interact with that person, the way you talk to them, whatever it is, that you're creating that response from them. So how to get around that is you talk to them and, and let them know that, you know, this is a safe space that we can talk. And, you know, like Ian was saying, there's no judgment here. I'm not interested in making this about right or wrong. I'm just, I'm, I want to understand you better and learn, you know, it's, it's really about, it's a, it's an internal journey in yourself, Alex, and looking at, okay, who do I need to be in order to create safety for this person so that they can come out and share this this kind of relationship with me? But at the same time, Sam, while that, that may be true uh, to a great extent, uh, you shouldn't be torturing yourself if the other person is not responding in the way that uh, that you would hope that they would. I mean, they, yeah, they, they're I mean, their own entity, and they do get to, uh, to to make their own choices. You can influence them, I think, to an extent. But if somebody doesn't change based on even though you've changed and you've approached a situation in a variety of different ways, at some point you might just want to throw in the towel and yeah, find someone else to talk to. I wouldn't say that it's like impossible to, to create something, you know, whatever you want to set your mind to. Uh, what I would look at is what's the level of effort involved and what am I going to gain from this? And is this the person that I want to dedicate, you know, doing all of this work for? Or should I just move on to the next one like you're suggesting? Alex, can you hang on? Uh, we've got Dave in Montana on the line and he wants to use us a few words yeah. for you. All right. <laughs> hang on. 800-259-9231. Wow, I was excited. He was very excited about that. So hopefully Dave will hang through uh, here in a moment. We'll bring them together. And you're welcome to chime in on this discussion. Love is on the table. It's Free Talk Live. This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Nestle Carnation Evaporated Milk, the cooking milk that makes life richer. For rich and creamy recipes, visit us at thecookingmilk.com. We all have our roster of recipes, but eating the same dishes over and over becomes boring. Instead of throwing them out and starting from scratch, play with different ingredients to give new flavor to old standards. Try Thai spices instead of your usual Italian seasonings. That just might do the trick. For more tips like these, visit us at parenthood.com slash yourfamilytoday. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves and bring up what you want. Dial in toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Sam. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you the features free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Features, by the way, including our chat room. People are in there right now during the show. Best time to find folks in there, but it's open all the time. Chat.freetalklive.com. Are you thinking of starting your own business? Here's a word to the wise. Incorporate at LegalZoom.com. Incorporation can help protect you against frivolous lawsuits that could wipe you out. LegalZoom.com is fast and easy. They do all sorts of legal documents, patents, wills, trademarks, LLCs. Use code FTL to save $10 off your order. It's LegalZoom.com. We're back with Alex uh, on the line here in New Hampshire. Alex, you're a co of college age on the younger side, uh, 19, is that right? 18. 18. Uh, you're, you're 18 years old, and you called in tonight with some questions for Sam and the, and the rest of us uh, about 
about love and about how it's it, – let me, let me recap briefly here before we go to Dave uh, and make sure that I'm, we're all on the same page. I've been understanding your questions. It seems that you're a little frustrated with people in general uh, and, and their reticence, their reluctance to, to talk about issues that involve feelings and, you know, kind of uh, deep issues, whereas they're more interested in staying on topics, as you mentioned, like Sports Center and other surface level kind of uh, bread and circuses kind of uh, discussions, pleasantries, stuff like that, small talk. Uh, is, that, is that pretty much what your, your concern is here, that people are – are just they they shy away from more serious uh, feelings related discussions. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And there there was one thing that I also noticed was that there are a lot of people who would rather have a lot of casual friends that I've noticed anyway, just through observation, rather than having a few close friends. And uh, what I think that if you have too many friends, just like having too many dollars in circulation, they lose value. I agree with that. I think you can only have – I think that there's, there's a, a – I think that you can only have so many real close friends, and I think that amount is probably no more than five or ten uh, as far as people that you're interacting with closely on a regular basis. Everybody else, I think, outside of that close circle is more considered someone you're friendly with or an associate or, or something like that. I know that and seems callous. It's a general trend that I've been observing, which is why I'm calling to inquire. Yeah, I know that I know that statement might seem callous, you know, because you want to be, I think a lot of people want to believe they have lots of friends. And indeed, you can be friendly with people, but I don't think that you can have a friend who's somebody that you're not close to on a on a regular basis. Your thoughts, gents? Guys, I, I, I have to agree. I think that if you uh, if you call too many, you know, it's always seemed disingenuous uh, to me the way you know people will introduce at the podium and stuff like that. And I would like to welcome my good friend Mark Edge from Free Talk Live up here. Who are you again? Yeah, Thanks. you spoke with him five minutes before, right? right. Like, well, and part of it is culture. I, I think the the government and, and through the school system and so forth teaches people that touching is not okay. You know, the Christian side hug is another example. Mm. And as a society, we move further and further away from connection with other individuals, touching them, hugging them, that sort of thing. Um, and also just about the intellectual discussions and so forth that you're talking about, Alex. I've I have some friends that are from France and one of them one of their brothers came over and I sat down and was talking with him at a at a bar in Dallas and you know he had been here for a week had met lots of people and he's like you're the first person that I've had a real conversation with that he would have at back home and you know we were going through government issues and sharing our ideas and debating back and forth and he said everything else had been just small talk uh, no, but it's no not real. just intellectual. Like, to, to be truly honest, sometimes I really get tired with uh, just talking about liberty all the time. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's it's nice to to talk about um, you know uh, introspective kind of feelings with people. You know. Yeah. Sure. Sure. Let me tell you, they probably get tired of you talking about liberty all the time too. Hey, oh, we can continue this, but let's bring Dave in here for his perspective. Dave is on the line in Montana. You're on Free Talk Live with Alex. Howdy. You, you hey, really ahead. can't have liberty without being introspective with people, so they go hand in hand because where there is liberty, where there is love, there is liberty. Uh, and Great point. What prompted what prompt me to call was when he said, uh, uh, "Why do when you're so accommodating to people, it turns them off?" Right? Is that right? It was one yeah. of his first yeah. that's, that's what I've observed. Right, and. I observed it. See, I, I think it has to do where where you live in the vicinity in which you live. 
I was born and raised in a city in New Jersey, right outside of New York City. And if anybody waved to you or said hi to you or was any way accommodating to you, you thought that they were after you, wanted something from you, mm. wanted a, you were very suspicious of them, and you, you almost would fight. Then I moved to Montana in, like, 1978, and I realized uh, people were waving at me, and I didn't even know them. Yeah, and, I had a and, similar and then, experience here in New Hampshire. And then all of a sudden, I, I talked to people, I say. Hey, I didn't. I don't know that guy. Would they wave for me? They said you're allowed to wave. You know, I, I was like, wow, I could wave to people. <laughs> I, I got wave drunk. I was waving at everybody. <laughs> you know, I call it. I called it like my city shield. Yeah. Yep. People when, put up a shield. When I'm driving out to the farm, once I get past Sulphur Springs, the last major town, I start waving at people I don't know. This is in Texas. Right, and yeah. you take that shield down. You don't realize what you're missing in life. A lot of people hold that shield up throughout all of life. Even in their relationships, they hold up that shield. You have to, and and it's hard not to keep it up because, you know, we don't want to get hurt or nothing, you know. Yeah, well, whatever. this is... It, and and it I takes... think that's the reason why we're really here on Earth is to bring life to love. That's great stuff, Dave. Go ahead, Sam. Yeah, it takes courage to to uh, you know share these things, and that's the Latin definition for the word is of courage is walks one who walks with an open heart, because you're essentially putting yourself out there. And I think that's one of the things that successful people have in common is they're more willing to take those risks. Their comfort zone is bigger. They step outside of their box more often, and it's not as big of a, an issue for them to do. Uh, as it would be for somebody else who, you know, has trouble even just talking about their feelings. Dave, any other thoughts? No, I was just, I was just want to let you know, like, it's, uh, I think it's people are very suspicious, and more so today because the government's pushing the fear thing, and mm -hmm. they don't want us to interact with each other and love one another because they want us to blame one another instead yeah. of yep. blaming the government and Absolutely. what they're doing. Thank you, so Dave. The, for the more thoughts. love we show oh, towards one another, the more liberty will come our way. I, I agree completely, and I thank you uh, for the thoughts tonight, Dave. Well said. At 800-259-9231, you certainly, uh, it's a great point. I mean, we've talked about on this show how uh, you're not going to get to peace through violence. And you're not going to get to a voluntary society of people interacting on a consensual basis through a, some sort of violent overthrow of the state. And that's another way to put what Dave just, I think, said very, very well. And that is, if you want liberty, you have to love. You're not going to get to liberty through hate. And Dave's still there. Go ahead, Dave. No, Alex. Oh, um, it's Alex. Okay. Have, you guys, have you guys ever been frustrated when you show compa compassion to another human being, but they don't reciprocate it? Certainly. Sure. Hang, hang on, we can bring back, keep this discussion going. If you've got comments for Alex, want to add in here to uh, the fray, I guess it's not really a fray. 800-259-9231. Can, can it be a loving fray? I, I don't think so. 800-259-9231. You can bring up absolutely anything. Take control of the airwaves. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk.
Talk Live, you can take control of the airwaves. Dial on in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our Facebook profile over at facebook.freetalklive.com. You can become a fan, and it's free, of course, facebook.freetalklive.com. The 12-year process of public education has a dramatic effect on the mind of a child. When we enter school, many of our best personal attributes are already in place. We're curious, innovative, unique, creative, and hopeful in ways that many of us are rarely able to replicate throughout the rest of our lives. Over time, school sucks the natural gifts out of many people and replaces them with predictability, obedience, and apathy. And shallowness, I think, like we're talking about here with uh, with Alex, a lot of this uh, discussion this discussion we're focusing on this hour, I think the uh, the government school system is a big contributor to how people are just not connecting with one another. And it's funded by theft. School Sucks Podcast is a show about the end of public education. Visit SchoolSucksProject.com to learn more. That's School Sucks, school sucks Project. All right, we go back to Alex in New Hampshire. Uh, Alex, you had asked a question about frustration. Can you re-ask that question so we can get back on track here? We're talking about uh, love and, uh, and how it is that people, a lot of people in this, in this country, probably around the world, uh, have issues with with getting deep and talking about their feelings and and uh, and talking about real issues that matter and and things like that and connecting uh, beyond just a surface level beyond the pleasantries beyond the uh, the small talk. The question that I asked before the break was: ha- Have you guys been frustrated in the past by you being compassionate to somebody else and them not reciprocating that? Certainly. I mean, is there a, is this an example, a real life example that you've experienced, or? Uh, no, it's hypothetical. Okay. So yes. Now, where are you going with that? I'm just. Well, it, it's just a. a, 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 a soci- I think it's part of a larger uh, societal thing that uh, people don't wish to become compassionate with other human beings because they're uh, homophobic or they're uh, they're just uh, generally not interested in anything uh, other than those uh, those on the surface topics that Ian was mentioning before um, and that it's just something I wanted to point out and maybe uh, get your thoughts on because I know Sam you are uh, very deeply into this topic yeah and I think it's something there's Let's see. There's an element to this that could be missing in your approach and the reason that things are turning out the way they are for you. And it could be really creating that safe space for people to open up like that in the first place. And really the way to do it is to source it for yourself, to create it in your own life. And like attracts like, so other people who are more open to those kinds of things uh, will come into your life and will be able to communicate with you on that kind of a level. Does that make sense? So then then you're saying that if I am open, then they will be open. I'm saying if you're open and you create a safe space for the other person to step out of their comfort zone uh, enough to be open with you, then, yeah, you can create that. It's not likely to happen, though, the first time you meet somebody, though, right? Because people do have a shield up. In it many can. Cases. I mean, it depends on the person, and it depends on, you know, how effective you are. Whoa. How effective you are at at reaching out to that other person and, and opening up to them. Right. 
So, Alex, is this Bay? I mean, are you coming at this because you've had experiences? Is there one that you want to share with us? You've been asking some general questions, and they've been very, very good, and it certainly brought us to this point in the in the discussion. But I'm curious: is there anything, any scenario in particular that you'd like to share with us? Because I know that you are, as you mentioned, you're 18 years old. It's your first year. It's your first semester, I think, in college. And uh, you've made the move up here from uh, New Jersey, and which is I, actually... I moved 300 miles to a place that I've never been before, based on faith in freedom. Right, and you're at college, uh, so you know you're surrounded by the college kid, and so you're experiencing something completely new here. Uh, and and I'm just wondering what what is it that prompted you to uh, to make this call tonight? Well, actually, it's it's uh, the other way around. Uh, uh, there was this kid that I was sitting next to in biology, and uh, you know he's fairly intelligent, and uh, he's very uh, uh, he knows what he's talking about for certain things, and he's not very shallow, like I was saying. And uh, he was uh, he's on the track team, and uh, recently. Uh, he turned me on to running, and I've been going to the gym and uh, getting out, and instead of being a, uh, a stupid software engineer hobbit sitting in my dorm room, now I'm kind of, uh, uh, because he's really shown me uh, these, these really good activities to get out and go running and explore something else, uh, that now I'm very interested in that. And in a way, I stepped outside of my comfort zone, which was my laptop here and all my, uh, my programming projects, and I tried something new, which was going running, going to the gym, something that I had never previously done before. Um, so, and, he, and what was great was that he was very compassionate, and he didn't call me a loser for uh, not being able to do a dip or not being able to, uh, to bench more than, uh, I forget, 80 pounds, something like that. He, he, he was very uh, compassionate in that, in that way, and that's something that I never really experienced before which is why I was kind of reflecting on that and being introspective. See, you, you and that, see what I mean? that's the safety that I'm talking about. The way he's not attacking you because you're you're basically uh, bench-pressing the bar like a little girl. Uh, <laughs> that's nice. <laughs> the bar's I'm, 45 I'm kidding, pounds. Alex, I'm just kidding. Uh, but, you know, th- that creates safety. That's what you, Ian would bench. You felt comfortable being around this guy because he's very supportive, uh, because he's encouraging, because he's obviously passionate about what he's doing and that those are the kinds of things that are contagious and a lot of times in society we get into this pack mentality of we got to go with the herd and people are afraid to stand up and be noticed what's the number one fear standing up and doing public speaking Mm. number two i think is death so people are more afraid of standing up and speaking out in front of a group of other people than they are of dying what will they think exactly and that's the ego that i that i was talking about earlier they the conversation that you have in your brain that's constantly running oh i'll look stupid if i say this or what will people think or you know how What's interesting is that there are two sides to it. When it comes to political ideas, I can get in front of hundreds of people and mm-hmm. espouse liberty and freedom ideas, and I won't give two craps what they think uh, because I have faith in what I believe in, right. which is free people um, doing, you know. So, but the other side of it is that uh, at the same time, I'm very. Uh, very nervous about doing things. For example, dancing. I, I would never do that, and that's something because I'm very. That's something definitely outside of my comfort zone. I'm yep. afraid to put myself in, other, in front of other people and dance, but at the same time, I won't be afraid to speak my mind and give my opinion 
about liberty issues. Well, I think does that, that makes sense. Yes, it does, and it, it comes back to the, right, the issue of a comfort zone, and it's what Sam was saying. The guy in the weight room or the, uh, the the running track is creating that that zone of comfort for you to step a little bit outside of your existing zone. So he's making the outside a little bit more uh, attractive to you by not making it foreboding and and not being condescending towards you. And it kind of brings me to to another aspect of this, and that is that I think what you're experiencing here uh, to some extent is the, uh, the the difference between being in a situation where you're forced to do something, uh, like in a government school, versus a situation where you've been persuaded uh, to do something that you've chosen all on your own volition. Because I can remember what it was like. Uh, there was a when I was in uh, government school, there was one. You know, you go out, you go to a physical education, and you're forced into running on the track you're forced into going into the the weight room you're forced into the football game or you're forced into whatever it is that the uh, the physical activity is since you were talking about running i figured this is most uh, an analogous situation so you're forced into it along with a whole bunch of other people that you don't really necessarily get along with some of them might not like you at all and so inevitably the the name calling happens the 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 making fun of uh, occurs this is the dynamic of the government school setup uh, because so, it's been uh, because it's been sort of uh, the, the 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 pack mentality has been writ by the lowest common denominator in public schools because the people that don't want to be there you know, they're mean and nasty and and they just sort of make it how it is. You, you get picked last for the football team. You know all the all of this you get stuff. Last I did. I did. Yeah. I did. Uh, and you, okay, you know, I did all, all of, all of <laughs> <laughs> all I can't of catch stuff. to save my life. We'll, we'll bring you back here for more. Hang on. Uh, 800-259-9231. Talking about compassion, love, and uh, only enough time for your calls if you make them now. It's Free Talk Live. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office products, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supply, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com. Talk Live. You can bring up what you want. Dial toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com and enjoy all the features for free, including live streams, broadband version of the show, dial-up version, webcam, plus we've got the brand new Free Talk Live listen lines. All the details are there, and get tuned in for free at listen.freetalklive.com. That's listen.freetalklive.com. And we're continuing on this topic here because I think it's a great topic. Uh, it's something that I have, uh, you know, come to. I've warmed up to a lot in my lifetime. I mean, back when I was uh, Alex's age, and Alex is with us uh, from New Hampshire, I was pretty angry. Uh, you know, I was uh, 18, uh, fresh out of government high school, where I was definitely angry at, at the world, and uh, that's a kind of a typical story for uh, for teenagers. And when I uh, started to discover, as I did when I was in high school, how awful uh, the government is, I discovered the liberty movement, but I was still well within the anger phase of uh, my path to uh, to liberty sure. and uh, and wondering what could be done about that and thinking about violence as uh, as a solution. And, and it's really only within the last – since I've been in New Hampshire, pretty much, it's, it's uh, only within the last two 
Yeah, more like it's really like the last two years, but the two to three years that I've been shifting in the direction towards compassion and and understanding and love and forgiveness. And boy, <laughs> am I glad that I have. Uh, and that's kind of just been the center of the the discussion, the idea of uh, taking people to a place where they can feel comfortable to show compassion and to uh, to be loving and talk about issues uh, and, and, and you know create a comfort zone for them or a zone for them to step out of their comfort zone that's a, list, a little less foreboding and these are some of the places that we've been talking about here tonight but you were talking about uh, how you've stepped out of your comfort zone which has been your room where you've been with your laptop because you're a programmer and you're uh, you're a computer geek and and I, I I can completely empathize with you I am also a, a self-proclaimed uh, computer geek and uh, we, you were talking about how you met somebody who invited you to go running with him and that you really started to enjoy it this is not something that you'd really done before that you'd really considered doing before well, but let, let me actually correct you please uh, I sort of invited myself to go running with him. Uh, he, he, I asked him uh, what he was doing after bio. He said he was going to go running. So I said, oh, can I join you? And, and then it, uh, it just uh, continued from there. And, and again, that's great. And it goes back to the, the discussion we were having a few moments ago where it's a difference from my perspective listening to what you're saying there because to you this is you know brand new experience and it's, it's good for you. Uh, from my perspective... The difference is that you're now living your own life. You are getting to choose the things for yourself that you do, and that's what makes it different. Because when you were, when I was forced to uh, to go and do physical uh, education in government school, I resented it. I resented the idea of having to run around that track. So me and some of my friends, we'd walk as slow as we could walk around that damn track just to you know show them what's for. Uh, but it was as an adult that I that I started to uh, to get into running. I don't do it these days. I had a period of my life where where I was doing it though and it was a lot of fun um, but but I chose that, and therefore I got into it. Similarly, uh, vocabulary. I mean, I hated that in government school. They had these damn vocabulary books that you had to do every single week. There was this vocabulary. It was just so irritating, and you had to mem- just rote memorization of words, and they'd test you on it, and it was awful. I hated learning those words, and I, know, I couldn't tell you what most of them were today because it was just something I stored temporarily, and I didn't really do that great on most of those quizzes anyway. I was getting C's and D's on a lot of those uh, vocab quizzes. But today, I love words. I've got the dictionary.com, uh, the, the word, of, word the of the day, day. on my uh, my BlackBerry. I've got it on my Google homepage. Yeah, it's, it, it is a wonder that, uh, that, that, you know, standard schooling didn't destroy my love of learning, but it didn't quite do it. Well, I, I, I don't know if it de- destroyed it. It certainly did at the time. <laughs> it certainly did destroy it when I was in their schools. But when I, was, uh, when I got out of the government school and I started to understand what the, the demands of life were and I started to, uh, to, to really become my own person without being directed in, in certain ways that the, the powers that be thought I should uh, be directed, I get to choose my own path, that's when I started to become interested in these things. And it, it just makes me wonder, uh, it's like the, the homeschooled kids that get to choose what they uh, learn. Uh, what's that called? Un- undirected learn. There's a term for that. Unschooled. Unschooled. Being unschooled, where there's no overseer who's determining what the uh, the curriculum is. The kids get to decide their own curriculum. That seems to me to be, from my perspective now, looking back, seems to be a really powerful way to uh, to educate. It was. I did Montessori school, which is that same concept. You've got certain lessons in different areas of science, math, uh, reading, whatever. 
and you can go do whatever lessons you want for the day. And I really loved the science, and I really loved reading, and I was a pretty advanced reader, uh, you know, in elementary school. And it really made it a fun process, and I think the not school to, kind of beats that out of people. Not to change the subject or anything, but I think it's important to note that I wouldn't have done this unless I would have almost forced myself into talking with him, because he wouldn't have uh, talked to me or invited me to go running with him. I had to go and sort of invite myself to do things with him. And, um, you and, didn't have to. You did you? You wanted to. You oh, chose I wanted to. to but I, but I, but it. The, the problem is that if, uh, if 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 he doesn't invite me to do things, then I feel bad because then I feel like, oh, I'm inviting myself, and maybe he's just trying to be nice. Uh, yeah, I definitely see where you're coming from, Alex. Any other thoughts tonight? Uh, no, thank you for the great discussion. Yep, appreciate having uh, having it. Thanks for the call. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. I wasn't able to screen this call. I don't know if they were calling for Alex, but I'm sure their comments will be valid either way. Uh, unscreen caller on the amp line. You're on Free Talk Live. Hey guys, this is Keith. Can you hear me? Keith, calling from where? I'm calling from Connecticut. I'm racing back to uh, beat a snowstorm in Philadelphia. All right, what's on your um, mind tonight, Keith? I was. I was nervous about making this call, but since you guys are going to create a safe space for me to, uh, to make it, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm serious. Um, so can I give a shout out first? Uh, uh, probably not. About, probably it's not. about one of your advertisers. Uh, maybe. Okay. Maybe. Okay. Porcupine Realtor, Mark Warden. He's an awesome guy. He really is. Um, cool. yep. We bought a house through him about two months ago, um, and it was a great experience. Um, highly recommend him. If anybody is considering moving to uh, New Hampshire, uh, give him a ring because he is very knowledgeable, he's very patient, um, and he's definitely an advocate for the buyer. Um, I just I can't say enough about Mark. PorcupineRealtor.com, if I'm not mistaken. That's right. Website. You know, That's and, for people that are considering a move to New Hampshire. So many realtors are, are so ready to close the deal, um, and, I, you know, Mark... If, if he is ready to close the deal, and I'm sure he is, he doesn't show it. You know, he seems to be patient no. with people and, uh, you know, really care about what it is that you're getting. Because when you get a house, you're going to live in that thing for years. Yeah, and, and I can't say enough about Mark. He's a great guy. All right, so what so else? We, we, it took us four years to decide to move, and we did a lot of investigation into uh, the Free State Project. You know, who, who are the people? Um, we came to a lot of events. I drug my wife up. Uh, over the years, and uh, we're really excited about 2010 because, um, you know, we're going to get to plant some roots, and uh, things are things are going very well. Oh, congratulations. So 2010 is your moving year, then. You're going to move to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project. We, well, we own a house now. Uh, I'm driving back to uh, the Philadelphia area because we're getting a snowstorm. I need to dig my wife out tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she's winding down her job, and uh, she'll be moving up with me in uh, – in January. That's so. exciting. Kids or just the two of you? Just the two of us. So Great. So, so also, yeah. also with Mark, he, since he knows the area, he knows where people live, he can give you recommendations on what town might suit you best. And, uh, you know, maybe you're a minarchist, you know, maybe you're a young couple with kids, maybe you're a single guy, voluntarist. Um, you know, he can give you some insights into what areas you might fit in with uh, the the best, you know, and and also, you know, maybe your employment, uh, what what requirements you have with that. So, so is there anything else you wanted to comment on besides uh, plugging one of our advertisers? <laughs> well, I think that I, I don't know how much time I have. I I, I really enjoyed the uh, the rights discussion in the first hour. 
Um, and I had a couple thoughts about that. I don't, I, it might take me two minutes. Do you well, think that I have enough do time? your best. You don't have two, but okay, okay. You get, no, so, you get less um, than one. You guys, you guys say often that rights aren't real, and I understand what you mean by that. Um, objects are real, right? Objects you can touch; they're tangible. But objects behave with behave. Uh, you know, they interact with one another in certain ways that um, aren't tangible. Like billiard balls bounce off of one another in a certain way. Puzzle pieces fit together a certain way. That's following certain rules, right? Um, yes. There's a concept uh, that's very cutting edge. It's called emergence, and you may have heard of it. If you Google emergence, you'll find a video by John Stossel, I think. Uh, there's also a great one on PBS about emergence. And what that is... Uh, the classic example is the way a flock of birds um, mm-hmm. or a school of fish, how they behave with one another. And based on the simple rules with these, you know, with the actors acting with one another, they create this uh, higher order. And, right. and I think rights fall into that classification, too. Um, I wish we had time to get further into it. But no, it's, that's kind of deep. Yeah, it is, it's good. Order, <laughs> it's order right. out of chaos, and if you leave the, the market up to it, that's what that's will actually happen. Yeah. True. Thanks, Keith. We are out of time. I appreciate okay, hearing from I'm you sorry. tonight, dude. You call back tomorrow. Right. We'll be happy to talk with you more then. It's been Ian with you. And Sam. And Mark. Join us tomorrow online in the meantime, freetalklive.com. Attention, all active duty members and veterans of the U.S. military. Your proud service to your country entitles you with the right to participate in special VA loan programs with benefits not available to the general public, like the ability to purchase a new home with no down payment or mortgage insurance, or refi with cash out up to 100% of your present home equity with less strict credit criteria. You are entitled to these benefits. Review them online at varadio.com. This is Tim Lewis from iFreedom Direct and a veteran of Operation Iraqi Freedom. I want you to know that as a member or veteran of the United States military, you've earned special rights and privileges. On your feet and get the details at varadio.com. iFreedom Direct Corporation is a private lender approved by the VA and licensed in most states. In certain states, certain restrictions and limitations apply. For a current list of licenses, disclosures, and all benefits, go to varadio.com. varadio.com.